Good morning, everyone. I invite you to stand as we worship this morning, and good morning to everyone at home. We're going to begin with prayer, and then we'll, we will sing. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for this day. Lord God, we've come here to worship you, to draw close to you. Lord God, we offer up this time to you. Please have your way. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
for everyone this morning. The first of which is we had our final kids fun day of the summer. We were so blessed to be able to run these once a month from June to August. And, and this past one, this past Wednesday was awesome. The, the inflatable uh, water slide was epic. 
The kids loved it, and it was a lot of fun just being able to minister to the children in the community. So thank you for all your prayers, but thank you especially to each and every volunteer, whether youth or young adult, you guys have committed throughout the summer, and we just thank you for it. So thank you for all your help throughout the summer with that. Then our last announcement is this past Thursday, we wrapped up our youth events for the summer. Fall kickoffs are just around the corner, and it's hard to believe students are back to school in less than uh, three weeks, I think. And so we just want to j just remind everyone, whether you're a grade 6 to grade 12 or a young adult going into college or university, that kickoff for young adults is September 12th, and kickoff for youth is September 16th. And we can't wait to see everyone there. Now, before we dismiss our kids, I think it's, it's appropriate to pray for our students who are going back to school in the fall. It's, it's been a, a crazy, to say the least, past uh, year and a bit. And so we want to pray for our students going into the next fall semester that God guides them and protects them throughout this crazy season. So Father, I just pray right now for each and every student going back to school. God, we thank you that you have kept us safe and, 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 and you have brought us through what has been going on in the world the past uh, year and a bit. And Lord, I just pray for each and every student going back, each and every young adult going to college who just graduated high school even and are looking into going into their first uh, semester of university or college. God, I just pray that you keep them. God, I just uh, pray that you remind us that the future is in your hands, that we trust you with uh, our, our, our lives, our world, our education today. So God, I pray that we as a community surround our, our kids, our students, and our young adults as they enter into this next uh, fall season, we pray. In your name, amen. And with that, kids, you are free to meet your volunteers at the door for Kids Church. Parents, don't forget that you are picking your kids up at the door after service is over instead of them coming to you once the service is over. Please don't uh, forget them because for me, one child's enough for now. Uh, so with that, let's, uh, let's turn it back over to worship. I love this song. It's called, God, I look to you. And no matter what you're going through, it's just a great reminder that we gotta keep our eyes on Jesus. And we have to look up and look to him. If we're confused, if we feel lost, if we're, just don't know what's going on. And in the good times too, obviously we need to look to Jesus in the good times, but. This song is just a reminder of God, I look to you. I'm not in control. You're in control. I need your help. Please help me to follow you. That's what this song's about. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. God, I look to you, 
just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you.
Church, it is my pleasure to introduce this morning and welcome uh, Luch and Jennifer Lombardi. They are, they are good friends of us here at EPC, and Luch is, has been invited to speak to us this morning. So please welcome, join me in welcoming him this morning. Thank you, Scott. Scott and Esther, so good to see you. It's so good to visit um, congregations where former students are in leadership. And uh, Scott, you do a great job. You've got a great voice, and your presence on, up here is uh, very comforting, and, and you lead us well. Thank you for that. And uh, always a pleasure to preach in a church of a friend. And uh, Shannon and Jennifer have been friends of ours from college days, and, uh, and uh, we're hoping uh, good rest and uh, time away for both of them. It uh, hasn't been easy for church leaders during COVID. Uh, the shifts and uh, the turns and the unexpected have tested their leadership. And uh, I know that you have great leaders here at EPC and uh, they care for you very much and lead you well. So it's a pleasure to be with you. And it's also a treat to be with people physically. <laughs> Um, I have not uh, been out a lot since uh, March 2020. And uh, just uh, to prove to you that I haven't, I uh, did a wedding in August and uh, I forgot to tell people to sit down. So they were standing for about 15 minutes or 20 minutes. So, you know, a little rusty there, right? <laughs> Learning the ropes again, even for us leaders, it's uh, just the way it goes. But uh, it keeps us on our toes. And if there's anything about these last 17, 18 months, it's, that I hope it's encouraged us to see what's most important in our lives. And uh, it certainly has pushed us that way, hasn't it? 
Uh, I want to talk about the gentle, careful, but incredibly important task of being there for each other. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I've noticed and in our culture where social media is, seems to be the way that we hear our news, the way that we uh, connect with our friends, especially through COVID, um, thank God for um, the fact that we have been able to electronically see each other and connect with each other. I often think, you know, if we were living in the 1970s, if any of you were alive then and remember, um, you'll know that if uh, something like this happened, we would just be at a loss, right? We would be writing letters to each other. And um, you can just imagine what communication would be like. So, you know, in, in the times of challenge, it's important to see the blessings that are present because of it. And certainly social media and seeing each other electronically has been a blessing. But it also sometimes reveals what's at our heart. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but um, one of the things that uh, I love about social media, and I loved it from the beginning, was that um, I have all kinds of family um, in another part of the world and uh, being able to meet up with them again and uh, ch chat and uh, say hi to them and wish them well on the special days in their life has been uh, a treat, has been just something that uh, uh, is life-affirming. But I've also seen that uh, it's been an opportunity as well for people to show some of the ugly side of what goes on inside of each of us. And as a leader, as a pastor, it, um, it grieves my heart when I see the polarization in our culture so evident at times, even in our Christian community. And um, we go at each other on social media and other platforms. Um, and, and, it, and it shows the anxiety people have inside, the uncertainty people have inside, but it also breeds a side of us that I think at times we need to surrender to the Lord Jesus. And I'm talking about myself as much as anyone else. I can't tell you how many times I've had to just keep my mouth shut and keep my fingers away from a keyboard and from a smartphone and not get involved because it's never pretty when you get involved. <laughs> you know those feelings you get when you want to correct somebody? <laughs> you want to challenge somebody? You want to let them know that they're wrong? You know those feelings? And um, I can't say I've always been disciplined. And the times that I've succumbed, I've always regretted it. And uh, I, think, I think mostly over the last little while, I've just stayed out of it. Because what the Lord Jesus has asked us to do is care for one another. Care for one another. So I'm looking at Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5, if you have your, your Bible on your smartphone or your device, or, um, you know, old school, you brought your book with you, your Bible. And I want to read to you these five verses at the beginning of Galatians chapter 6 that Paul um, shares. He says, family members, if anyone is caught off guard by any moral slip-up, 
You who are spirit people should restore them back to community again in a spirit of humility. While you're doing this, be careful so you too aren't tempted. Help each other with the load you carry and by doing so, fulfill the law of Christ. You deceive yourself if you make yourself out to be more than you are. Each one should examine their own efforts, whether they have kept in line with the Spirit. So their boasting will be only in themselves and not in what their neighbor does. Everyone will have to carry their own load regarding keeping the law of Christ. Let's pray for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit to open the scriptures up to us. Father, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the Apostle Paul and his faithfulness, Lord. In this letter to these Galatian believers, that the Spirit so inspired, Lord, that we might read them again and they might be very real to us as well. We pray that you open our hearts and our minds to what the Apostle shares, we pray. Amen. Being there for each other, here Paul is focusing on, is in keeping with the way that God has been there for us all along and continues to be. That is the passion of the apostle in this letter. I just want to recap the letter just very quickly so we understand what's going on in the passage. But the reality is, is that these Galatian first-generation believers who came to Christ, no Christian background, experience what it's like to have the Spirit present in their lives and empower them in order to care for one another and love one another. To even be able to love those that others hate. And then some other believers came who believed that not only should we follow Jesus, but we should keep the letter of the law to the degree that unless we don't keep the letter of the law, we're not following Jesus. And Paul says that's not what it's all about. And what it did is that it distracted these Galatian believers away from leaning on the Spirit and letting the Spirit empower them to going about their own efforts to keep the law in order to stay faithful. And Paul points out the fact that none of you can do that. And neither can I, because we just don't have the capacity to do so. Because as much as I want to stay off of social media, there's a temptation to tell somebody they're wrong. And because of that, Paul is saying, let's get back to the focus of this. And the focus of this is that we can't do anything without the Lord's help. We can't be like Christ on our own. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us be what the Lord wants us to be. In fact, if we take Paul's words from other letters, we cannot be human unless the Spirit dwell in us. Now, I know you might think that's a strong statement, but that's really a powerful, powerful understanding of the Apostle Paul and the New Testament writers. Unless the Spirit is with us so that who Christ is and what he has accomplished is being formed in us, uh, then it's impossible to be that humanity that God has always desired us to be. 
And as I read the verses to you, you'll see there that what Paul was uh, encouraging them to do here as he gets to this point in the letter, which would be at the end, towards the end, is this. What do we do when one of us, what do we do when one of us winds up in trouble? Now, what does he mean by one of us? Somebody in God's community who we worship with, who we live with, who we believe with, who we share faith with. And so the first point here Paul makes, and it's especially in verse 1 of this passage, is this, that the focus should be to help each other out. To help each other out. The way he expresses how we live out the fruit of the Spirit, which would be so familiar to you uh, in chapter 5, right? The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. I memorized them in the KJV when I was a little boy, so that's how they come out. The way that they are expressed, says Paul, is most pronounced in how we help each other. And Paul says this, family members, if anyone gets caught off guard, in any, uh, the words are, they lose their fitting, they fall down, they, they lose their footing rather, they fall down. Listen to his words. You, now a lot of your translations will say, you who are spiritual. And we've done a lot of misinterpreting on that phrase. Because certainly what Paul does not mean is that you who seem to be more spiritual than others. Because if that's what he meant, that's what he would have written. But all along he's been saying you're either a person of the flesh and living out this life in your own effort, or you're a person of the Spirit, living as God's community, empowered by the Spirit and exuding the fruit of the Spirit. So when he says, you who are spiritual, he is saying, you who are the Spirit people. You who are God's community. When somebody falls, slips, loses their way, The true evidence of being people that walk with the Spirit is to help them up. Is to help them up. And this challenges us, doesn't it, when people behave badly? (laughs) Whether it's in community, face-to-face, or electronically, in all the spaces that we occupy in the airwaves out there. When people behave badly, I think a lot of times we want to jump on the bandwagon and let them know how bad they really are. And sometimes the temptation is to, I'm going to set that person straight. I'm going to let them know how big of a mess they've created. Paul says, the expression of being people of the Spirit is to help that person up. It's to help that person up. One of the ways, 
one of the greatest ways we can reflect the person of Christ in uh, who we are individually and as a community is that when somebody falls, we help them get up. We help them get up. Sharing this comes to thoughts of my father, and uh, he's been gone for quite a long time. 2004 is when he left us. And uh, my dad was an outgoing individual, um, loved to socialize, but also was at times very brash and very bold, and sometimes said things that would embarrass you. And that's just who he was. And uh, you know the cringing factor, right? When you're with somebody like that, and especially if you're more of an introvert, don't want attention brought to you, right? And you're with somebody like that who attracts attention. You, you understand, you get me. How many of you are more the introvert and you, and you get that cringe factor, right? And uh, in, that, uh, in those situations, you just say, oh, please, can I hide? Can I, you know, can I not be here? But a true testament to who my father was was um, at his funeral visitation. And the one thing that blew me away was the amount of co-workers that came up to me during those two days, two very tiring days of greeting so many people, of co-worker after co-worker after co-worker who said, you have no idea how much your dad helped me. You have no idea what your dad meant to me. And as, you know, testimony after testimony from co-workers came in, I started to realize that, hey, behind that brash, sometimes embarrassing you personality was somebody who really cared for people, especially people that needed help. And, and modeling that to me, even after his death, reminds me of what Paul says about us as followers of God. Because that's the kind of father we have. The Heavenly Father who's in the business of putting the world back together again when it has fallen apart. And one of the um, points of peace for us during a world pandemic is to know that when the pieces fall apart, there is a God, there is a Father who is present in our world. And because of His presence enables us to help each other up who gives us His Holy Spirit to empower us to find the courage and the strength, but also to find the humility and the gentleness to help each other up. Not only does Paul say the people who walk in the Spirit keep in step with the Spirit are those who help those that fall and slip They're also, the second point here is this, they're also people who share the load. Who share the load. Verse 2, help each other with the load you carry. Help each other with the load you carry. The word for load that Paul uses is just a weight. A weight. You know, you get those uh, visions, right? 
my elderly mother goes to grab something heavy and quickly you run there because, you know, you don't want her to hurt. So you help and you share the load. That's the, that's the vision here. That's the picture Paul is putting in the minds of those he's writing to. And of course, our privilege to see that picture ourselves. Uh, see, it's not everyone for himself in this community. You see, we're not like the animal kingdom where we do away with the weakest. In fact, we're the very opposite. We carry the burden of the weakest in order to strengthen them, is the, is the view here. And uh, the goal here is that um, we're not in this alone. And the things that befall us, the things that beset us, um, do not do us in because we live in a community that will share the load. And they share the load in such a way that it lifts that load from being a burden to being something that they can carry and get through. And I hope you appreciate that I'm talking about more than just bearing the load physically in terms of getting involved. This goes beyond that. Bearing the load to the point where there is a level of care that I care for you and I know if, if you're going to thrive, then you need people to come alongside you and help carry that load. And that's what being spirit people is all about. That's the profoundness in our Pentecostal culture of what happens after the physical demonstration of being Spirit-empowered. Is this deep connection with one another to the point of helping, carrying, lifting each other up. And you see, the one is the outward indication of the other. And you can have one and not the other, but then it speaks to the uh, uh, genuineness of that physical expression, isn't it? And the words of the apostle ring true from Corinthians, we can speak in the tongues of angels, but if we have not love, we have nothing. Nothing. And this is the apostle that said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I would rather one intelligent word, one demonstration and action of love. Because that's what it's all about. Because that's where the focus is. And you see, so we come at each other not to, you know, be the expert. I mean, could you just imagine my elderly mother picking up a, I don't know, it's, it's harvest season, right? So she picks up a, a heavy crate of jarred sauce, right? And instead of running in there and helping her, I come and say, Mom, out of my you know, engineering expertise, I think really when you bend down, you should actually do this much differently. And my family members would be saying, what in the world are you doing? Help her. Right? For goodness sake. 
Who cares what you know? Just help her. And that's what this is about here. When we carry each other's load, it's not about what we know. Even though we think that what we know is a solution to that person's load. Paul doesn't say, be the expert and so provide them the information that they're missing that will change their lives. When somebody falls, when somebody slips, help them up and then carry the load with them. Carry the load with them. You see, there's rules of engagement here, isn't there? The rules of engagement is that when somebody is falling, you help them, not by piling up expectations on them, but by alleviating the load with them. And we've had this love-hate relationship in our Christian culture with expectations versus the law of Christ, which is to love one another. The expectations kill us. Because the expectations are created according to our own human efforts. But the law of love only and ever comes from Christ in our community. Think about it. When you think about love in God's community, who do you think of but Christ? Who in perfect love gives himself for us so that we might be and live free to actually love one another. To actually be the community God has always wanted us to be. Sharing the load of one another. And, and here's the issue Paul mentions here. As you're doing this, verse 3, do not deceive yourself and think yourself more than what you are. You see, the temptation of telling a friend or a colleague on social media that they're wrong is the temptation to think more of myself than I should. Because rather than identifying how wrong they are, I should be, in my compassion, able to be patient to understand why. To understand what they're saying. Before I even open up my mouth. And you see, having grown up with the father that I've grown up with, it's very easy to open up my mouth and say the wrong thing and say the hurtful thing or God forbid, say the destructive thing. And you see, I need the Holy Spirit to help me with that because in my own power, I blow off my mouth and then I regret it. just a little bit in the DNA in my family. But in the power of the Spirit, I keep my mouth shut. I know that the Lord can only change others. And I listen. And I listen to understand. 
And I listen with as much compassion of the Lord Jesus that I can. That I might find a way to possibly help carry the load. You know, the anxiety we see on social media in these days is because of fear. It's because of fear. People are afraid. I'm not going to pretend with you today. I, I've, I've been fearful of what we're experiencing, what it has the capacity to do to us. And sometimes that fear causes us to react in ways that aren't consistent with the way Paul is saying. But you see, if we live in community, if we live in community, then when one of us is weak, the other one can be strong and we can help each other up and lift each other up and carry that load. So that forgiveness reigns. You see, we shouldn't be in the business of correcting and straightening people out. We should be in the business of forgiving much and loving lavishly. That's the business we're in. Paul says as much here. He says in chapter 5, he says, what matters is faith expressing itself through love. Not how much you can keep the law and so be in relationship with Jesus. But faith expressing itself through love. Okay, final point here uh, this morning is this. Is that to model being there for each other is also to carry our own load. To carry our own load. And what is that load Paul is talking about here that we should carry? Verse 4, each one should examine their own efforts, whether they have kept in line with the Spirit, so their boasting will be only in themselves and not in their neighbors. What is Paul saying here? Well, look, the thing we're not off the hook for, after talking about carrying each other's load, when one of us slips up, then the others pick that person up. Share each other's load. Bear your, your brother and sister's load. But the load we should always bear is to keep in step in line with the Spirit. Paul uses military language there. It's like, you know, marching along in keeping with our relationship and our reaching out and leaning on the Spirit for His help. And the burden there of carrying, each, uh, carrying our own load is to live out the law of Christ. Which Paul says in a chapter before is the commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. So it's important too that we take a close look at ourselves. Our burden should always be, are we following? Are we following what Jesus has modeled and desired us to be? Are we doing His will, which is to shine the light in the darkness and spread the love of Christ wherever we go? To keep in step with the Spirit, to keep close to the Spirit, to let the Spirit empower us 
You see, the third person of the Trinity is gentle and humble. These are actually God-like characteristics. Humility and gentleness. He will never thrust Himself on us. And we'll always wait for an invitation. That's how much those three persons love us. That they don't want to take away our freedom. Because in freedom they have given us life. But they also know that in that freedom and life there's a way to live so that you can thrive. And that way to live is to live by being empowered by the Spirit to be the true humanity that God has always desired us to be. So our load, each one of us, each person's personal load, is to examine themselves, make sure we don't think more of ourselves than we ought, but also to make sure, make sure that we are fulfilling the law of Christ. Am I doing what the Lord desires me to do? And you see, can you see, can you picture when, when everyone is doing that, when everyone bears the load and the responsibility to learn as much of being who Christ is by drawing on the Spirit's help, living that life continually so that it becomes a habit, a virtue, a way, a natural inclination for us. And alongside that, then we help each other and we bear each other, one another's burdens and we help carry the load. Then you start to see the kind of community God has called us to be. And it becomes the kind of community that people want to be a part of. Because in that community, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be loved. In that community, I'm going to be a significant person of value. In that community, I have opportunity for help, but I also have an opportunity to be me and to help others. This is what the Father has always wanted for us. This is His vision, His picture. This is why the Lord Jesus comes and dies on the cross and rises again and is ascended in heaven right now. So that you and I may become the creation that God has always desired us to be. In a few verses right after this, Paul says what matters isn't what we look like on the outside. Now he says circumcision or uncircumcision. And since we don't live in that kind of culture, really the equivalent is what matters isn't the outward expressions of what we look like and the rules we put in place about what that, look, what that appearance should be. But what matters is a new creation. Says Paul, are we changed on the inside? In Romans, he says, have we been circumcised on the inside? Have we let God touch us at our heart level? Not in our fashion and our wardrobe. (laughs) It's a careful, gentle, but important art of being there for one another. That's who we are, church. That's what we're called to be. 
And I hope you see the vision that the Apostle Paul sees. A free humanity that lives out the fruit of the Spirit so that it lifts others up as it carries the burden of being like Christ. All the while saying, Holy Spirit, help me. Because I can't do it on my own. I need your help. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the words of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for inspiring these words so that your Spirit has preserved them for us. So that in such a polarizing culture, Lord, there is clarity about who we are called to be as followers of Christ. To be people of compassion. To be people who mirror the love of the Father. To be people who understand the sacrifice of Christ. And who live dependent on the Spirit to enable us to give ourselves to one another and to help each other. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, God, if we got caught into other things and forgot about this. Forgive us, Lord, if we got caught in the polarizing conversations and uh, attacks and uh, maligning one another and begrudging one another. Lord, thanks for the reminder today that what matters most is that we express your love through how we lift each other up, carry each other's load, and bear the burden of our own load of living out of your law, Lord Jesus, which is to love others as we love ourselves. So thank you, Lord. Be with us. Be with us as we navigate the the challenging waters of the days to come. Help us, Lord, keep the rudder straight toward the true north of who you are. And continue, Lord, to fill our minds and hearts with the picture of what you want us to be. And by your Spirit, Lord, we will do our best to be that for you, but for others as well. And we pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen.
Set me free. 